following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Yeah, here comes about a solid 15 minutes of the game. <laughs> because the Royals media don't know how to wrap it up. I mean, it also wasn't their fault that Matheny took forever to get to the press conference. Well, and not only that, let's, you know, touch on the game itself. Ten walks or hit by pitch for the Royals today. Yeah, let's just take up the rest of the show. Let's just talk about the Royals. No, I'm I'm joking. That is not going to happen. Yeah, I'm just noting. The White Sox did no favors today in getting on air. The Royals almost took up five hours of broadcast time here on K-Man today, so we are going to step away from the Royals and officially welcome you to the game. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale and Travion Berkland. Trey, you had a good time at the uh, Alice in Chains concert on Friday? It was a lot of fun, yeah. I had a lot of fun, too. And I showed Lindsay that when it's the bands I really love, nobody rocks out harder than I do. And I'm not talking like moshing or anything like that. Not the mosh pit, just like... You're a headbanger. Headbanging. Oh, my neck is still sore. <laughs> I'm out of shape. You don't have the hair for that. Don't need the hair. And I'm not like doing constantly <laughs> headbanging. I'm just like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, throwing, you know, throwing, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I always do this thing where, like, you know, like when an umpire calls a cult strike three, you know, arm in a 90 degree angle and just pumps down. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of that. Like, okay. when, a, when a certain part of a song kicks in and. I'm doing a lot of dancing around and stuff. Like people were filming. I could see like a lot younger people were like, "Oh, this is great! I'm I'm gotta film this older guy dancing to Alice in Chains." Like I'm here to have a good time, guys. There were a lot of young people there yeah. too. Breaking Benjamin was another band there. I was like, maybe like people like Travion wouldn't know them, but that was a band that was pretty popular when I was in junior high and high school. So I, I know a lot about them. I just miss them. I don't really know much about them. And old Bush. Uh, Gavin Rosdale was lip-syncing half of the concert. I'm not joking. <laughs> that, and then when he, when he was actually singing, he was kind of straining a little bit, I think. Which so maybe was actually, was, I was fine with that. I was like, be you, man. I don't need to hear perfect Gavin Rosdale. You've been doing it forever. And is whenever he wasn't playing the guitar. That's when you would hear the piped-in vocals. I was like, man, not a good look. Not a good look, but like the classic, the popular Bush songs that came on that one album called 16 Stone, I think mm-hmm. that was right. That would be it. Uh, that was the raw vocals, the real Gavin vocals, which uh, shout out to Chapman, Kansas. Shout out to Chapman, Kansas. You, for those though, for those that know, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Shout out to Chapman, Gavin Rosdale. Uh, what I wanted to talk about today, this was going to take up a lot of the show anyway. I had a feeling... And that is uh, Coach Drum Tang and his coaching staff have officially wrapped up recruiting for this uh, 2022 class, which, I mean, cutting it close <laughs> because school started today, right? Right. And uh, the, the class officially wrapped up yesterday with a, uh, an addition of two. You had Keontae Johnson, who's the transfer from Florida. That came out over the weekend. And also Anthony Thomas, who transfers in from Tallahassee Community College. And let's take this moment right now to congratulate the coaching staff for a job well done. A ton of hard work. They signed 11 guys. 11. 
Actually, I should say 10. They got 10, right? So we're talking – we're also including uh, – I, I mean, I, technically they did sign 11. Okay, I, I I'll technically say 11, but really they recruited 10. Because you have Marquise Noel, Ishmael who was already going to be here anyway, mm-hmm. and then Taj Manning, who was recruited by the Bruce Weber right. regime. But a lot of hard work went into recruiting these 10 guys that was all this coaching staff. And it capped off with Keontae Johnson where, I mean, that was another finish line pick where K-State's in the final handful of teams. That was going to be decided by Johnson, who's a Ford at 6'5", 229, very talented. We'll get to that here in just a moment. But you worried about you know Western, Western Kentucky. Were they going to counter whatever K-State was able to do NIL-wise? Which, again, you're not supposed to do those kind of things. But the, if the NCAA is not going to enforce anything. But, I mean, K-State. Other than sternly worded letters. But, you know, Western Kentucky was a very big player in this recruiting process with uh, Keontae Johnson. I know, like, Nebraska was starting to come in late. I don't know if he ever took that visit or not but k-state it was starting to get leaked out there that it was going to be k-state to land Keontae johnson which i would have to say probably k-state's top recruit for this class has to be because you're talking a couple of years ago this was a guy that was preseason all sec player of the year mm-hmm. and received sec honors first team the year prior to that And if it wasn't for collapsing on the court four games in into the 2020-21 season, he's probably in the NBA right now. Mm. It's a great point. He's probably a draft pick. He's playing professional basketball at the highest level. Good chance of that. But it was – and when he plays his first game for K-State, it's going to be very close to two years since he's played in an official game. But – he was doing just tremendous things at Florida leading up to that game and him collapsing on the floor against Florida State. In his career, he was averaging, I'll take that back, his, his, his three games into his previous season that he has played, those three games, he was averaging 20 points, shooting 64%. He was 43% from three-point range, also grabbing six rebounds a contest. So he was off to a very hot start. He was off to a player-of-the-year type of start Mm -hmm. for Florida. But throughout his 71 games in his career with 55 starts and over half of that coming in conference play, 11 points, shooting 51%. 37 percent from three-point range he was off to having by far his best year at the collegiate level then his major spill happens medically can't play and he's been sitting out now for two years and it the you brought it actually up when we were talking to dy about it that the the thought was that it was covid mm-hmm it was COVID that made him collapse on the floor. That's where we were during the COVID-19 era, which, of course, we're still living it. But going back then where it was you know, strict you know, mandates, strict protocol, and it was later determined that was not it. I don't think the family has ever said what the issue was. The one thing that they have said is that they don't believe it to be tied to the case of COVID that he had suffered from. However, I am curious about that because we never have gotten a clean explanation from anybody as to what caused that. 
you know, COVID, one of the things it does cause is myocarditis. It's a number of viruses cause myocarditis. I happen to know someone sitting right here in this room who had a virus that caused myocarditis. And it caused wasn't my, me. Yep, it caused my congestive heart failure. We don't know what virus did that. Uh, the They had the opportunity if they wanted to go in, do a... Uh, do a slice, but uh, elected not to. Uh, you know, do a biopsy of a piece of my heart, but elected not to. So I'll never know, honestly. And it leaves open a lot of questions. Now, two years past the fact, how much scarring is there? Hopefully very little to none. And I don't think that he pursues this if he's not gotten a very good medical clearance behind him. Well, he has an insurance policy, but he actually filed for that insurance policy before his uh, his him collapsing on the mm-hmm. floor against Florida State. And it's it's five million bucks. So if he were to never play another game of basketball, college, professional, whatever, if he were never never play mm-hmm. a, a game again, five million dollars goes in his pocket. That's the NCAA policy, right. if you will, that you can get as a student athlete. He is going to be allowed. I don't know how many games it is, but he's going to be allowed a little bit of time in an actual game on the floor to see if he is healthy enough. And he can decide, okay, after he is cleared, of course, mm-hmm. to play, mm-hmm. he'll be allowed to then decide, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I probably shouldn't. My health is just not where it should be. And he can still, what I believe is to cash in on that $5 million insurance policy. But clearly that's not the goal. The goal is to go play professional basketball someday. And I, I don't know that for a fact. He's never said those words. I don't believe. But he's he has transferred. He has stepped away from Florida. And now this gentleman who's a 6'5 in his last six five four in his last year of eligibility, Keontae Johnson, uses his last year to play for Jerome Tang and be a star player, play in the Big 12, the toughest conference in the country wants to get his stock back. now we can't predict right, right. now if that stock does exist con- continues to exist is he still a draft pick? I don't think so. I mean unless he just has an absolute lights out year, sure but for a you know a program to take a, a franchise to take a gamble on that and draft him I don't know but that you know that's way down the road. but offensively the kind of player K State gets, is a guy that can score on all three levels. He prefers, as as a small forward that he is, He's a, he can drive really well. First step is electric. If you're guarding him, you don't know if he's going right or if he's going left. He finishes so well at the hoop. I don't think he pulls up quite so much like he might have to. He's not afraid to do it, but he can. But as soon as he has you convinced as a defender that he's going to drive on your ass and score, that's where he steps in and takes those three-pointers. And I mentioned how how awesome of a time or how awesome he was at the three-point line just those three games in that final year in 2020 where he was shooting over 43%. I mean, he wasn't shooting very much. As a matter of fact, in his career, he hasn't been shooting the three that much, maybe two, three times a game. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty limited the amount of times he has shot from three. He would rather score inside the arc. 
but he's not afraid to shoot the three. In a way, he kind of reminds me of Desmond Bain. So Desmond Bain, very similar measurements as Cavante Johnson, played at TCU. And, I mean, he star player. I mean, electric player, NBA draft pick. He went late in the first round. I think he's with the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not for sure, but I think that's where he is. And his numbers were definitely more of what Keontae Johnson has done his career. I mean, he had the opportunity to just be that absolute star player at TCU. He scored a lot more. He played a lot more minutes, um, which was very necessary to take place for TCU to find their success. But Desmond Bain, like I said, same type of figure, was the same type of player. Would drive to the hoop, but would also take his three-point shots. When he had to convince he was going to go to the hoop, he shot that three. So, in a way, I kind of see... I see a similarity between these two guys. It's just the, not so much the stats, but just the overall type of player they are. I think a Desmond Bain comparison is fair. And defensively, he's not perfect. He's good. But under Jerome Tang, and Coach has said it before, and he'll say it more as we lead up to uh, October and November, they are really going to install defense. Mm-hmm. Defense is huge. It is going to be their identity, defense. So I'm not worried about it. The fact remains is that was also Bruce Weber's calling card was defense. But they were more intent to grind you out. I don't think that Jerome Tang is going to be fully satisfied with defense as the calling card, though, with this team. And I think that this signing is a sign of that that he knew that there needed to be a scorer for this ball club above and beyond what they already had. Right, and I'll throw in Anthony Thomas, who they just signed yesterday from Tallahassee Community College. Before that, he was at UT Martin. I mean, as a freshman at UT Martin, he was off to a very quick start who averaged 11 points a game as a freshman. He also averaged 11 points last year at Tallahassee. But, I mean, Desi Sills, who's coming in from Arkansas and Arkansas State, is... Um, a score, Tyke Green, who averaged 14 points his last year at Manhattan. Again, I mean, didn't face competition like he saw, mm-hmm. like he will see in the Big 12 in his only year of eligibility, but he has shown to be a scorer beforehand. He's only played one game against a ranked opponent, and that's when he was at Stony Brook and played against the Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> only time he's ever faced a ranked opponent. So a lot of these guys even though their transfers are going to see competition like they've never seen before. There's only a handful of guys that have truly seen real tough Power 5 competition throughout their career. Keontae Johnson's one of them that played at Florida. And, I mean, I Desi Sills. Desi Sills is a great example. who played, played at Arkansas and Arkansas State. Tough competition there. But outside of that, I mean, you can throw in Cam Carter. I mean, but not really. You can mention Jarrell Colbert. They come from SEC schools, but they've seen very little time on the floor against any competition you want to mention as competition. And then David Gasson, who transferred from Virginia Tech, who has a lot of playing time under his belt as well, but just hadn't scored a whole bunch of points. Mm-hmm. So you have a handful of guys that can go out and score, that have shown they can go out and score. Has that met the criteria that Jerome Tang wanted to fill when it comes to guys that will score in double figures and go out and play 30 minutes a game? I think you have a couple of those guys. Three or four. Mm-hmm. I would I would think 
somewhat happy, pretty happy about what they have in that area. Scoring the basketball, playing a whole bunch of minutes. Yeah, two, three, on top maybe of, four. On top of that, let's just be perfectly honest. The caliber of guys that he brought in in this recruiting class has got to surprise everybody when it's done. You don't expect to have an all-SEC-type performer coming in. Even the talent level that you were discussing in terms of transfers beyond Johnson, the fact that they have experiences coming in, you know, it's, it's, it's big that this group of guys is what they were able to recruit for this year and beyond. But specifically for this year, knowing the number of holes that they had to fill, when it would have been easier just to take a look at the transfer portal and say, okay, we'll fill holes, but we know that this is going to be a lost season. And we'll turn our attention to 2023. Well, and this has been such a long process. I mean, this has been five months. Yeah. In the making, I mean, and there's been so many names thrown out there. You, you hear the Keontae Johnson, and in, in my opinion, he's I think he's the best player that K-State has picked up. I think there's really no doubt you could argue that. A year of eligibility remaining, he preseason all-SEC type of player for player of the year. But, I mean, did, did people forget that they picked up a guy by the name of Abayami Ejiola from the Netherlands, or from uh, Nigeria, rather, but he played at Hofstra and Stetson and had a very brief cup of coffee in, uh, at, for Arkansas. David Gasson, Naquan Tomlin, who's going to be a JUCO transfer that I'm very high on. Mm-hmm. I'm very high on Naquan Tomlin. But with the addition of Keontae Johnson, now you find yourself with a very strong battle when it comes to playing time, one through three. Because Anthony Thomas is going to come in as a combo guard who's 6'7 and is a combo guard. Keontae Johnson is going to be probably a – Stretch right. You'll play the two or the three. Most likely, will play the three as a listed Ford, so he can really stretch himself out. But you have two or three combo guards. You have, I mean, just the competition alone. The one through three is is very strong. I'm I'm trying to remember all the names that I just rattled off by Tyke Green, Naquan Tomlin, David Gasson is up there. Uh, Ish Masood. Mm-hmm. Ish Masood is part of that competition. Believe it or not. Um, and I mentioned Tyke Green, right? Yes. Okay. So then you throw in Keontae Johnson, and of course, he's going to play. Of course, he's going to be a starter for K State, but Marquise Noel, who's going to be the point guard, and and I didn't even mention um, Cam Carter and Dorian Finister. So a lot of competition for playing time. Let's let's put it this way: you rattled through all of the names, but. As we look back at this five I'm months, I'm still learning the names. Well, but as we look back at the five months, and you just went through this roster, Taj Manning. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. We all celebrated that he was able to salvage the recruitment and signing of Taj Manning at the time. Well, in what's been said about Taj Manning, he's been one of the best guys over the summer, mm-hmm. one of the most competitive guys over the summer. And yeah, we forget about he's a power. He's your power. He's going to be one of your power forwards. It's been easy to forget what this process has been over the course of the five months, because we have seen so many names, and because they have been so aggressive on the recruiting trail. 
Uh, that, that you have to honestly salute this, this staff because what they've done is tremendous. And this team goes from being one where it could very well have been uh, back to two years ago in terms of wins and losses. And yet, three or four of these guys, LL, we already know Marquise Noel. We got to know him last year, but guys like Tyke Green and Desi Sills and Keontae Johnson, we're going to get to know him for one year. Yeah. They're going to be here for one year. And so. Welcome to the transfer portal age. Can this group, and I know this has been a big topic since they landed Keontae Johnson because of his caliber of player, who he is, and how dynamic he can be, and be able to score and rebound and really do everything you want him to do. Do we feel like this team now can be a tournament team? Oh, my. And I hesitate talking about it because. I mean, yeah, it kind of – Keontae Johnson is definitely somebody that takes you to the next level, I would assume. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> again, 11 new players. Yeah. But, again, as opposed to waving the white flag. I, I've been trying to figure out how to say this right, like that would make sense, and I don't want to get too crazy. I, I'll just put it this way, like – it's not crazy to think that this team could get there. It's not no. crazy whatsoever. No. They could definitely get there. This is a lot of puzzle pieces. Now does the pieces come together and make the puzzle? And there it comes down to coaching. Well, we also talked about back in the day that, uh, well, Manhattan, Kansas is a hard place to recruit to. Well, <laughs> in five months, uh, you know, Coach Tang is averaging two players per month right now of – putting a team together, almost from scratch. Yeah, I think David G. uh, got us both on that one. Yeah, I think uh, step one is definitely in the books. And by the way, this might be the hardest, hopefully this is the hardest period of time that this coaching staff will ever have to deal with Mm -hmm. for the rest of their coaching career. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Hopefully a gigantic chapter one is closed and now things are normal. Things are more simple. It you know it's not always going to be simple. Of course, coaching is one of the hardest you know hardest jobs mm-hmm. you can have with uh, you know how much you deal with on a day to day basis. But hopefully, the hardest part of the job is now behind them, and now we just get to have fun. The fun truly begins at think at this point. Heck, Drum Tang and the coaching staff have been helping. The mm-hmm. team and helping mm-hmm. some GAs move into new places. Mm-hmm. I got to say, this feels like this team truly does have a bond. Keontae Johnson, who felt like he was a part of the team during his recruiting trip, his visit, which was like a month ago, out over to a coach's house singing karaoke and eating right. food. And they get together all the time at coaches' houses. I mean, there's so much camaraderie, it feels like, from just what we've seen on. And shout to Dream Dowling for posting a lot of this on social media. Those are the little things. Those are the little things that help build a team. And it's nice to see that because we haven't had a lot of that insight into where this program was in terms of coach and player relationships over the years. And when you're utilizing social media to spread that word that these are the things we're doing, you know, it's an easy way to sell. 
It's an easy way to sell your program. But, I mean, job well done. Awesome job by this coaching staff. I think they have surpassed what we have expected. Um, and I mentioned earlier, like, it feels like, you know, two or maybe three guys that truly feel like they could be. And I'm talking by from the recruiting class. I'm not talking Marquise Noel or Ish Masood. Mm-hmm. Talking about a guy that can go out day in and day out and get you double figures and – I don't know. I, I forget how many minutes he wanted to be played every game, but like 30 or something like that. Yeah, two or three. It, it truly feels like they have two or three that could definitely get you there. Could definitely get you there, but I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I don't like to dig myself any hole, and then somebody reaches out to you four months down the road and just roast you on social media. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need any of that. All right. Uh, this team's going to the tournament. There you go. You okay, got you got it. All right, going mark to the it tournament. down. Mark it down. Might as well take some, you know, make some hot takes. Uh, Big Twelve uh, newcomer of the year, Keontae Johnson. There you have it. You have my predictions. All right. When we come back, uh, we're gonna just take a one break, one break only break of the show. We're gonna do uh, a quick, I guess, a quick um, break and do some number one song of the day and ask us anything next. <laughs> All right, so number one song of the day before, I, I probably should have specified earlier on like when I was saying, yeah, I felt like there's two, maybe three guys that they recruited that could get you double figures every game and maybe play 30 minutes a game if you absolutely needed it. Uh, I should probably specify who those were. Uh, <laughs> Keontae Johnson, obviously. Uh, the other one I think is obvious is Tyke Green, who has certainly done that in his career. And the third one, and that's the maybe, is Desi Sills. Hmm. The transfer from Arkansas State and also uh, Arkansas. All right, number one song of the day. Here we go. Well, I'm sure Troy could tell you. It's a fifth of ninth. A fifth of ninth? It's, is that what you're saying the title is? It's Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Done as disco. A fifth of Beethoven by. I don't know off the top of my Walter head. Walter Murphy. Okay. Uh, by the way, it was off Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Not my bad. Ninth. Okay. I don't know why Ninth was in my head, but all right. Uh, it's Monday. Walter Murphy and the Big Apple Band. Whenever we're late and getting late in because of the Royals, I'm only I'm just thrown off completely. Yeah. I have everything playing out in my head for a full show. Just talking K-State hoops, I feel boggled. Uh, composer, keyboardist, songwriter, record producer from Manhattan, New York City. The Big Apple. He was an orchestra leader. He studied classical and jazz music in Manhattan. His career spanning over five decades. So he has written for music for all of these films and TV shows, including... The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson, The A-Team, Stingray. You remember that show or movie? Because I don't. I don't know what it is. Uh, Wise Guy, The Commish, Prophet, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Looney Tunes, (laughs) and also he has had a very long-running partnership with Seth MacFarlane. 
So he has com- com- uh, composed music for Family Guy, The Cleveland Show, American Dad, Ted, and Ted 2. He's been featured on nine albums, but this is his only number one hit. He has not had another hit in the top 40. And this is a disco instrumental, an adaption of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, which is convenient because classical music is public domain. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. Public domain, free use. Mm -hmm. Use it for whatever you want. Especially given age. I don't know how far. How far does Beethoven go back? When did he die? Oh, you're talking 1600s at the... Is it that far back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez Louise, I was going to guess like 1750. I don't want the movie. 1827. Oh, well, as I say, I didn't think it was that far back. Okay, my bad. It was even closer than what I thought it was. Not all this... But classical music was from like the 1700s. General general copyright is just roughly at 72 years, if memory serves me right. Which is why Disney keeps finding ways to utilize Mickey Mouse in different things so that they can copyright it for another 72 years. Let's see what Johann Sebastian Bach. He was born, okay, 1618, uh, 1685 to 1750. That's why I was getting the 1750, right? Johann Sebastian Bach. There you go. German. Anyway, where were we at? Well, the fifth in the song title is actually a pun. It's referring to a measurement of liquor equal to one-fifth of a gallon. Popular size of bottles containing liquor. Now, here's, I guess, the interesting part of this song. So I mentioned earlier that this is by Walter Murphy and the Big Apple Band. Uh, he did all the work. Of course. He did everything. He's a composer. He writes songs for TV shows and movies. Songwriter. He does it, I mean, he, he does it all in music. There's no such thing of, of the Big Apple Band. It was Private Stock who, I guess, working for and made the song. They're like, you know what? I think this will be more successful if you put like a band at the end of it. So it doesn't sound like you did it all on your own. No, it doesn't sound like it's all uh, synthesizer. So uh, he came up with the Big Apple Band, but there was already a Big Apple Band at the time. So that other Big Apple Band decided they're going to change their name. They changed their name to Chic. Otherwise, the group that made the song (laughs) La Freak. Freak. Arnold Rogers. Say Chic. Uh, this song was also featured in the 1977 film and one of uh, Travion's favorites, Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. Pretty early in the movie, it's when John Travolta walks into the disco. It's also in the soundtrack. 24 weeks and number one in America. One of the best-selling soundtracks of all time. All right, I'm getting nothing out of these guys. Let's go to uh, Ask Us Anything. Travion, do you have any questions for us? Oh, we can't get there first. We, we got to wait. <laughs> Go ahead. Perfect, perfect. Uh, let me get in. Have you ever been in a car accident, either of you? Uh, I've been oh. I've been rear-ended. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, kid, I was working for K State, backed into my car as I was leaving Bramlage, but it 
it, he, he, there's no way he could see me, so no fault. I mean, just real minor things, fender bender type of stuff. Yeah, I don't want to get into the lengthy story that is the major car wreck that left one of our vehicles destroyed. Um, and that's because, you know, today's our anniversary. I'd rather uh, oh. have a happy memory than go back and look at that disaster <laughs> well, of a... happy anniversary. Thank you very uh, much. Royals won for you. Yeah, How many there years you go. is this? 24. Wow. Almost the 25. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basic math. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yes, we were in a we were in a major one that unfortunately, uh, first of all, not our fault at all, and uh, left another person who was not uh, who was not at fault, unfortunately, with a closed head injury, mm. and it took us three years to iron out all of the financials and everything with insurance, and it was. A mess. So what's it was a mess. What's the plan for tonight? Uh, we're going out to eat. Anywhere special? Mm, not dramatically special. No. You, you want to tell us? Uh, it, it's here in town. <laughs> we're keeping it low key. Uh, listeners, Troy doesn't want you to know where he's eating because he doesn't want to be asked to take <laughs> no, pictures and I, sign I, autographs. No, it's like, I, I'm, I know that the moment I say it, someone will have a critique of where we're going to eat, and. You oh, know. now I have some guesses. All right, Travion, you go ahead. Answer your question. I'm just saying I'm going to get a steak, okay? We'll just leave it up there. I know where you're going. Brewery. I don't know. I know exactly where you're going. I have not done Labo yet since we came back to town. Ah. I'll tell you off air, but I know exactly where you're going. Go ahead, Travion. Uh, me, I've only been in one, and it was after a Primus and Mastodon show, and my friend fell asleep at the wheel, and we flipped Oh, that's car. right. Oh. Yeah, I remember him telling us actually about that. I don't know if it was on. I think it was on air. No, I don't think so. I think that was off air. Oh, well, Maybe. I do remember hearing that story, though. Fell asleep at the... W- Didn't he, like, insist he was okay? Yes, he was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And you and guys is- had been smoking or something? or Was yes. that right? Yes. It was an edible, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Still illegal, Travion. I, I wasn't involved in it. In the great state of Kansas. <laughs> Are we out of time? We have- yeah, almost. Uh, okay, he's giving me the same. I don't know how much time we have. Okay. It's fine. It'll uh, be out Less here. than 20 seconds is what I'm being told. <laughs> so uh, um, later on this week, we are going to hear from Jordy Nelson. That's going to be awesome, right? Cool. Plus, coming up yep. tomorrow, it is a Texas Tech preview with Ryan Hyatt for Travion. Troy, I'm Mitch. This has been a weird show. I wasn't <laughs> on my A game today. Tomorrow, B plus maybe.